Hey there, and welcome to Coordinating Chaos with the ADHD Lady. I'm your host, Amanda, and I am so glad that you joined me today. This podcast is for neurodivergence by a neurodivergent. I'm an ADHD coach with ADHD and ASD, and I am here to help. So let's spend some time together now and maybe learn a few things. Hi, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Coordinating Chaos with the ADHD Lady. I'm your host, Amanda, and this week on the podcast, we're going to be talking about establishing our baseline. But first... Don't forget to keep an eye on my website for upcoming classes and webinars. The Social Skills Online Retreat will be happening in November. And also starting in November, planning and organizing is coming to my small group that meets on Mondays. To stay in the know on all things the ADHD Lady Coaching Services, make sure you sign up for my email list over on my website. And also, don't forget to follow me on those socials. Oh, and hit that subscribe button on here while you're at it. Who's ready to dive in? So what do I mean by establishing our baseline? Well, there are times in our lives when we're suffering from higher stress, anxiety, depression, or just in general, worsened executive functioning. During these moments, getting up and caring for ourselves, our home, and our work may be incredibly difficult, especially if you're expecting yourself to operate at the capacity that others without those barriers are working at. And that's where bare minimums come in. So what is the absolute bare minimum of your self-care that you can realistically achieve during this time of your life? What is the absolute bare minimum you can do to keep your space sanitary? We aren't even shooting for decluttering and organizing here. Just sanitary. Just what needs to happen to make your space sustainable for your health and for work. What will keep your job moving forward to provide you the income that you need to live and keep a roof over your head? What's the bare minimum that you can get away with? And I'm not talking quiet quitting. I'm talking, what can we do to get us through this more difficult period of our lives without losing all of the things that we have worked for up until now? And don't worry, we're going to get around to the whole baseline part, but we got to start with these bare minimums. One of the reasons that we get trapped in doing nothing at all when everything just feels so hard and overwhelming is because of our all-or-nothing thinking. When we live our life in these extremes, it's very difficult to keep moving forward because there's very little room for just a little bit or just enough to be done. It's I must do everything and continue to feel exhausted or I'm just, I can't do anything. I'm going to do nothing. Whereas I like to approach it with some now, less later, you know, instead of all or nothing. (laughs) It's okay to do just enough to stay functional. Yes, when we recover, we will still have catching up to do, but we won't be as deep in the hole as we would have been otherwise because some now does equal less later. Although, you know, doing all now is a lot less later, it's a very different situation because we want to keep you above water. If you are constantly giving all you have, then you have nothing left to give. I know this from my many cycles of burnout, and I'm sure this is hitting home with quite a few people who are listening right now. It's okay to do just enough to stay functional, yes, When we recover, there will be that catching up to do, but getting ourselves to a baseline and then maintaining bare minimums 
hold us at a much more functional place. And doing that some now will prevent you from having that bigger mess to clean up later. So how do we decide these bare minimum tasks to keep us at a functional baseline? Well, there's a couple of ways that we can go about this. One way is that we can just start where we are right now, do the bare minimum so that, you know, yes, we will have a little bit of regression, but it won't be as bad as us doing absolutely nothing. Or we can put a little bit of time towards getting us to a functional baseline and then just holding those bare minimums for the time being. So that baseline is our reset. Uh, We do this in our house all the time, actually, because stressful stuff happens. Life happens. I have chronic illness. My partner has ADHD that he's trying to figure out how to manage. It's a constant discovery for us of what's going to work and what's not going to work. And I'm not his coach. I'm his partner. So we figure it out together. And, you know, if he wants to listen to my advice, cool. If not, that's okay. And he can attest to that. There are plenty of times where I printed out some really great tools and they've just sat on his desk because I'm not his coach. I'm his partner. Anyway, (laughs) starting with just working with bare minimums, an example of that would be that, you know, your sink full of dishes might be about 20 dishes. Yes, I hear you laughing. It's probably more than that. I get it. But for the sake of this example, 20 dishes is what's in the sink. So if the bare minimum expectation includes that you do 10 dishes a day, that's it. You're not going to empty the whole sink. However, that will prevent it from overflowing the following day. And if we can hold this bare minimum for a little bit, we'll have less to reset when we're ready to get back to baseline completely. And baseline is not that perfectly organized home. It's so clean you can eat off the floors. Baseline is a functional space. It puts us at a place where maintaining is easier and we can continue with that some now less later if we keep that maintenance going. This summer has been tough for my family. We've had a lot of personal stressors and my partner and I have suffered quite a bit. Personally, my health cannot handle this type of stress that we've been experiencing and I've had to walk on eggshells so many times in my past and doing so this summer has really caused my cortisol and a whole bunch of other hormone levels to be totally messed up. It's put me into several autoimmune and autonomic flares. And because of this combination of stress and health concerns, my capacity has decreased quite a bit. What I used to be able to call a bare minimum has been a really good day. Uh, So I've had to reevaluate those bare minimums because it's about where you're at right now. It's not where you want to be in five years, as I've said many other times on this podcast. It's now who you are in this moment. And who I've been this summer is not the healthy person I was a year ago. Who I've been this summer is someone who is experiencing a lot of stress. And I haven't had that much stress until around this summer um, since, you know, being in the relationship with the partner I have now. He's been really wonderful about helping me keep that stress level at its own bare minimum. Um, But like I said, there have been circumstances outside of our control and it's made it really difficult. Um, You know, so I have to take into account what my bare minimums for right now are. 
So instead of keeping my inbox at zero, I've replied to the urgent messages and would do a few extra each week just to kind of keep up with things. But there are emails that I've missed. Instead of pumping out a few new units like I did last summer for coaching, I you know, did the best that I could to rest during my extra free time or to just work on household bare minimums or those work bare minimums. So those emails that didn't get a reply or got a really late reply, does this mean that I missed opportunities? Yeah, in some cases I did, but I didn't have the capacity to take on those new opportunities anyway. My plate was full enough with what I already had. But guess what? I can reach out as I continue to catch up and I can thank them for their patience and I can offer what I can now. They don't need to accept, but that's okay. I didn't have it in me then and at least I'm trying now. We have to learn to let go of doing everything because pushing ourselves this way only results in burnout. And you know, Thanks to perfectionism, we do constantly have this internal battle of I need to be doing it all or I can't do it all, so why bother even trying? That's the paralyzed perfectionist and so many of us waffle back and forth between those two phases and it's exhausting and frustrating and it doesn't help us in the long term. What is growing an empire worth if you have nothing other than just a dollar sign to show for it? See, I want to be a healthy person. I want to be surrounded by loving relationships. Do I want to grow my business? Absolutely, but not at the expense of those other parts of myself. Not at the expense of my time to enjoy life either. You see, my baseline allows me to still engage in play, which is critical for my ADHD brain. I'm more creative, happy, and alive when play is a regular part of my life. When we establish a baseline, usually play and self-care are the first items that we cut out, but they're actually the most important to keep. They help us keep our cup full so we have something to give to those other parts of our lives. So instead of scrubbing your bathroom every Saturday, maybe take a nice bath and scrub every other Saturday. Even better, if you're privileged enough to do so, hire someone to scrub the tub for you. You don't have to feel guilty about this. If you can buy back your time, if you have that privilege to do so, do it. Because it changes the way that we can function so much because it gives us time to put back into ourselves. So let's recap so far. Baseline is what we need to have our space, job, or personal life look like to be functional or at least easily maintained. Bare minimums are the to-do list items that need to get done to hold us at this functional baseline. This does not mean that we can't go over our baseline when we have the capacity. We can absolutely add other projects that will move us forward versus maintain the status quo, but only if you have the capacity to do so. This summer, I didn't have the capacity. My business baseline is my regular social media content daily, my daily one-on-ones and urgent emails, as well as maintaining my schedule. Those things hold me at a baseline, but they do not move my business forward. As I regain my capacity, I'll add more and more in again. That's why I've resumed my podcast. I needed to take a summer break 
to keep myself at a functional baseline. If I was putting myself out there to continue through the entire summer, I just would have had nothing to give. And honestly, the quality of what I'd be putting out to you guys would have not been what I'm used to putting out. So as I continue to get more and more capacity as I am coming out of this phase of burnout, I will reply to more emails. I'll take on new opportunities. I'll build new units again. I'll expand my marketing and so on. See the difference? If I went into the all or nothing mindset that I've had before, my whole business might have fallen apart because instead of replying to some emails, I would have been completely overwhelmed by my inbox and then answered nothing at all, which would have meant losing clients. Did I get back to everyone the same day that they sent the email? No, but I did do my best to reply within a couple of days. And now that I have a larger capacity mentally and emotionally, I will begin to clear out those extra emails. But it's going to take time. I don't expect to be at a zero inbox in the next week, let alone the next two. It's going to take time for me to work through that extra, but I can't change that. I don't have a time machine. And quite honestly, a two-month delay is better than nothing at all. And by not forcing myself into insane expectations, I presented myself from complete and total destruction. In the past, I've gone the other direction. I've lost friendships. I've had messes bigger than I could handle, especially on my own. I've suffered because instead of some, I did none. And some now is less later. I have done none and had so much more that was almost impossible for me to achieve. There have been times where instead of just going through the things and trying to play catch up, I just cleared it or I just started a whole new email. Um, I just tried to press reset, which is honestly okay because that's what I needed in those moments. And old me beat myself up enough over that, but I'm not doing that to myself anymore. I now recognize what I need, and it's okay to put time into you because you're all you have left at the end of the day. I know that's wild to say out loud, but it's true. We are born alone and we die alone. And hopefully all of that time in between is surrounded by people who love and care about us. But that means nothing if we don't love and care about ourselves. And very early on, so many of us are taught that doing that, loving and caring about yourself, taking time to take care of you, that that's somehow selfish, but it's not. Like Maya Angelou said, you alone are enough. You have nothing to prove to anybody. Be there for yourself because then you can be a better person to be there for others. It's why they don't tell you that, hey, Give somebody else the air mask before you put it on you. You can't save anyone else if you don't have oxygen. Shrink your expectations, friends. Maintain what you can and use the extra time for you. It is 1000% okay to draw instead of reorganizing your kids' toys. Do what keeps you afloat so you can heal. And once you've moved forward with your healing, then move forward with the rest of it. Your kids will care more about mommy or daddy not yelling at them because they're so burnt out. Your partner 
will be able to handle you not mowing the lawn every three days just so that you can be present for them. Your friends would rather you invite them over into your messy house and will care more about seeing you than it being in perfect shape when they visit. So how do we determine these bare minimums to get ourselves to a baseline? Great question. So one of the bare minimums that we've established for, let's talk about the household first. Um, One of the ones in our home is we have a three-day capacity on dishes and laundry. Those two things never end. And with a family of four, boy, do they never end. In fact, I was just talking to my partner today about the fact that, I'm so sorry, honey, you will never catch up 1,000% on dishes because we will always be using dishes. And it's the same thing for laundry. Unless you are buck naked when you finish that last load and put it away, you're going to have clothes back in that hamper that night. And guess what? That's okay. It's okay if, let's say, you have three hampers and you only do one hamper a week because you're doing some. You have to figure out what's right for you and your family. And for us, the three-day rule really helps because then if we don't have the capacity one day, that's okay. But we have a cap because at that three-day cap, that's when the sink is definitely overflowing and the laundry basket is definitely full and there's going to be a buttload for me to have to put away then otherwise. As far as other bare minimums in our space go, you know, I uh, use what I can with online ordering because that buys back a lot of my time. Uh, Target is amazing because I can do the whole order online. It costs me absolutely nothing extra. And I have a drive up spot at my local Target that I just pull up into that spot. I tell them that I am here and they bring my stuff out to me and they load it in the car. Literally all I have to do is push the buy it again buttons that are already on the app and then they put it in my car for me. I just have to bring it in. Usually my partner brings it in. He's very sweet about that. He never forces me to bring it in. Um, But I am the one who puts it away usually. (laughs) So that's a way that we compromise on that bare minimum though. We've also done um, HelloFresh in the past. Right now we've kind of done a pause because we're having more fun making our own meals at the moment. But in a time where we really didn't have the capacity to even make decisions on what we were going to have for dinner, we did that. And it was great. It helped so much. Other bare minimums, um, 10 minute tidy each night. And that was focusing on our main living space. My office this summer, not the condition that I like to keep my office in, but guess what? I'm working on it now. It's not the end of the world. Would it feel better if it was more clean? Absolutely. Would it feel good to not have a stack of books sitting underneath my desk or a box that I'm in the middle of organizing sitting over on the floor? Yes, that would feel good. But when I started those things, I didn't have the capacity. And quite honestly, at this point, I am more worried about catching up on those work emails that I mentioned earlier. So my bare minimum for my office is keeping my desk functional. I'll get to all those other organizational projects when I can, but I'm prioritizing the space I need to be functional, which is my desk area. And right now, there is only one coffee cup that needs to go downstairs. (laughs) I would say that that's a win. 
for all of my ADHDers out there, you know what I'm talking about. What is it with us and um, needing like five different drinks? Because seriously, in a day, I usually have a cup of coffee, a cup of tea, my big water bottle, and like a sparkling water. And they just all pile up on the desk every day. What is that? (laughs) But yeah, my bare minimum for this space is keep my desk clear enough for me to function and work at it. And that's exactly how it is right now. It's not perfect, but perfect isn't real anyway. So what are some other bare minimums that we can chat about here? Well, I mean, when we're talking about our space, things like vacuuming. Um, I used to vacuum two, three times a week when I had the capacity. Now I vacuum once a week. I'm getting back up there again, but once a week is better than nothing. And we can't go more than once a week because all of us have sensory issues and uh, nope, 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 needs to be done at least once a week. That's why I liked to do it more often because I do enjoy going barefoot, but I don't enjoy the feeling of a crumb on my foot. And that is my autism. Yay. But the biggest thing for you to remember is that baselines need to be tailored to you and your space and your family. Um, When you're establishing baselines for work, uh, it can be helpful if you have someone that you can have a conversation with to really get clear job expectations, Um, not to go and say, hey, what's the bare minimum amount of work that I can do without getting fired? Um, That won't go well. But having somewhere written down the clear expectations for the position. And then, you know, when they ask you to do overtime or to do that extra project that another person was supposed to be doing, that's when you can say, okay, well, that's out of the scope of what uh, my job expectations are. And right now I don't have the capacity to take on new projects, but I'm happy to step in when my plate is a little less full. It's a super professional way of saying, uh, no thanks, fuck you. And then we have personal life bare minimums. So what can you tolerate as far as socializing goes? Now, I'm not going to sit here and encourage you to become a hermit um, because if you're an ADHDer like me, that may be your inclination. Uh, I have done that many times and it's important for us to have socialization in our life. Um, sometimes it sucks. Sometimes we don't want to. Uh, if you are have an autistic nervous system, being around people can actually set you into fight, flight, and freeze um, because we live in constant hyperarousal and because we have learned that that ventral vagal state of social engagement often doesn't feel safe. So when we're talking about socializing, that means who can you socialize with unmasked? Who can you be with and be yourself with? So my partner, one, 100% that person. No, 1,000% that person. I unmasked because of this man. Um, he has helped me to be more myself than anyone ever has in my entire life. And for that, I will be forever grateful. Um, so... I socialize with him every day because I live with him. But before that, even, I made sure that he was a part of my routine. Now, do I see my friends every single week? Well, no, because we're adults and we have busy schedules. But I do try to make it a point to see each of them at least once a month. I really try to get in to see 
best friends and family at least one time each month so that I'm hitting those social quotas that I have set for myself as a bare minimum. When I have a greater capacity, then I can spend more time with the people that I love. But the thing is, even if we can be unmasked with people, there is still effort in socializing. Unless you are just doing parallel play and it is just you and your best friend sitting there and scrolling on TikTok, and that is fulfilling every need that you have for socialization and rest, if that's not how you're spending that social time, then yeah, you are exerting energy. You are putting work into it. So for bare minimums for that socializing um, or socialization, yeah, that's what I wanted to say, socialization, (laughs) Um, for those bare minimums, then you might be at the once a month or you might be at once every other month. But really making sure that we're getting that social engagement is crucial for how our DNA is wired. And many people who are just ADHDers really do thrive in those social environments. It's one of the strengths that ADHDers are typically known for is for being very extroverted. Oh my God, guys, my cat just scared the crap out of me. She like snuck up in a super weird way. She was super quiet. Uh, Oh, right. Well, um, (laughs) we are at about 25 minutes here, so... I, after that spook, I'm done. (laughs) I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful uh, week ahead. It is October. And guess what that means? ADHD Awareness Month. If you don't follow me on my socials, um, then I'm going to tell you about it here. Uh, I created two years ago the 31 Days of ADHD Awareness Challenge. Um, It's a 31-day, you know, share to advocate kind of a deal. I have it posted over on my Instagram, but I also have a video of it pinned on my TikTok. It's super easy. You don't have to share every single day. A lot of people get all nervous because they're like, ah, I have to post every day. No, no. Guys, we have ADHD. You're not going to post every day. Hell, I created the challenge two years ago and I still haven't posted all 31 days. Uh, last year I got to 28 of those 31 days, which I will say was pretty darn good. I'm shooting for the 31 this year. We'll see how it goes. But just because October already started and it didn't post, it's okay to start on day three or day five or day 10. And it's okay if you just post a couple of days worth, because when you share your story, you are advocating for acceptance and awareness and change. And that's why I made this challenge, so that people understand what ADHD is and that each person who's posting about their diagnosis story or um, their favorite ADHD trait, they're going to have sometimes similar answers, but they're all going to be unique to their experiences. So thanks again for joining me for another week of Coordinating Chaos with the ADHD Lady. Don't forget to follow those socials all under the ADHD Lady. And if you have any feedback to share, theadhdlady at gmail.com is a great way to email me what you're thinking. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and hit that five-star rating. It's greatly appreciated. I hope you all have a wonderful ADHD Awareness Month. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is your host, Amanda, signing off.